What is going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And uh, I am doing this as a solo episode because Cody actually did uh, an episode uh, last night uh, by himself. Unfortunately, I was not able to join him. I was able to do it today. He was not able to do it today. So our schedules didn't line up. But uh, we are happy to do two separate episodes Um you know, it is, uh, it's always nice every now and then to, uh, kind of do a solo show, uh, without figure like thinking that you're dominating the conversation, uh, which goes through my mind quite a bit when I, uh, when we record, um, not for him, it's mainly for me, uh, cause I, I can talk. So <laughs> if you guys listen to the, uh, podcast, of course you already know that. Um, so there's a lot to talk about today. Um, you know, Cody did a great job on the episode. I already listened to it. Um, I thought he did a, a wonderful job uh, hitting on a lot of points. And, uh, you know, shout out to Cody for uh, doing a great uh, solo episode. But before we get into everything that uh, is going on in the world of sports, I just want to say please uh, follow us on all of our social media sites, which is uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Threads, YouTube. We're on all of that. Please follow us, subscribe to us, um, comment, like on on any of our posts. Anything and everything does help. So uh, we would uh, appreciate that. And, um, you know, we, we definitely try and and uh post as much as we can but you know as we say in a lot of these episodes listen this is a hobby of ours um and um you know as as much as we want to be you know full-on gung-ho you know drew code sports talk uh you know we do have lives we have kids uh you know wives uh jobs so uh things uh things do get in the way and this is just really for fun we enjoy uh talking about sports and we decided to make it a podcast so Anyway, we, we would appreciate uh, love and support uh, on all that. So thank you for those that do follow us and, and comment already. But, um, you know, uh, we always are looking for new people. So, all right. Um, you know, also, Cody does have uh, a good job where he uh, posts on DrewCodeSportsTalk.com. So if you aren't familiar with uh, all the social media sites that we are on, uh, you can just go to our website and find them there. We also have links to um, our partners over at FNX Fit. Um, we have uh, links to, um, uh, sorry, I'm totally blanking, the Fanatics and also SeatGeek, um, where you can get $20 off of your first purchase by using our our, uh, our link. So please go do that right away. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that are that are coming up here. Uh, a lot of NFL games. Go use your SeatGeek. Um, you know, there's a lot of concerts coming up. I know I'm going to a concert, actually two concerts pretty soon. Cody's going to one this weekend. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, things that are happening. So go use SeatGeek. Go get $20 off your first purchase. Um, you kind of would be dumb not to, to be perfectly honest. So, so go do it. So. All right, guys. Well, I am absolutely thriving here. Uh, I am so ready to do this. I'm kind of doing something a little different. So, like I said, Cody did a solo show, um, and Cody um, he really talked about what happened in Week One with a lot of games. Um, you know, I'll kind of. I don't know if I'll run through them that much. Uh, You know, I want to hit on the Raiders, obviously, but I kind of wanted to do go into week two preview, but more of the betting lines. Um, Now, I'm just using ESPN.com and their betting lines. I don't know. I think they get it from Caesars. I'm not 100% sure on that. And, of course, now no one can trust Caesars right now. If you don't know what's going on with Vegas, just go on Google, type in Las Vegas, and that will probably be the first one that pops up. There's a lot going on. But, um, anyway, I'm just really, really looking forward to doing this. Um, Cody doesn't feel very comfortable when we do the betting lines, not because he's uncomfortable betting, but he's uncomfortable kind of – He's not really familiar with everything, so uh, he usually just leaves that up to me. So I'm actually really happy to do this. And, of course, I really want to talk about 
the NL and AL wild card uh, in Major League Baseball um, pushing for postseason play. This is getting kind of crazy, uh, the postseason race. Um, and I was, you know, just talking to my buddy uh, Brad, a friend of the pod. Um, we were talking about how there's really no, like, usually in baseball, there's a group of like five, maybe six teams in the league that are just bad, just really bad. Like you don't even like think about them anymore. And I was kind of looking at other teams and I was just like, you know, Oh, you know, man, the white Sox are really, really bad. They're, you know, they're not winning like hardly any of their games. And then you look at your, their roster and you're like, that's not an easy win. Even if you think that, Hey, this team isn't winning as many games as they should. Like they're still a hard out. Uh, you know, you, you look at the tigers, the tigers are actually, first of all, they have a better record than the white Sox, which is wild in in and itself. But, um, you look at, you know, the Tigers, they're, they're actually playing really good baseball. Um, it's just unfortunate that, you know, they don't have all the, um, all the necessities, uh, to advance to the postseason. And I think, um, you know, a couple more years, the Tigers could be, uh, something to deal with. That's for sure. So lots to talk about. Um, and so I'm without further ado, let's get going. All right. Well, first, I did want to talk about the Raiders game. So I watched this game start to finish, um, maybe missed a couple of plays here and there. But for the most part, I watched this whole game uh, without any interruptions. Um, I was actually uh, at my in-laws house watching this game. We were actually celebrating uh, everyone's uh September birthdays. And um, so we were all there, you know, hanging out. And uh, I I told my wife, I said, Hey, I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch the Raiders. I'll be down when they're done. So, um, it was, it was really fun. We had a, we had a really good time. It was really just, uh, me and, and, uh, my wife's grandpa, we were watching the Raiders, uh, the whole game and just talking and it was really fun. But, um, you know, a, a couple of takeaways that I got from the Raiders first and foremost was I didn't learn much about the Raiders. Um, I know a lot of people, specifically Raider Nation, wants to jump up and be like, the Raiders won, we, we still dominate the Broncos. I, I Listen, yes, was I happy? Was I cheering that we won? Was I cheering, you know, going, yeah, Raiders, baby, you know, when we scored the touchdowns? Um, yes, of course I was, you know. Um, but at the same time, I have to look at it. It's just, I think it's me being a, a pessimist a pessimistic person um, in and of itself. And uh, my wife and I actually joke about, you know, most of the time when uh, we hear something good, our first thing is we're, we're thinking of the negative, you know, or the worst case scenario of what can happen. And that's just me as a person, unfortunately. But um, this is kind of how I see it in my lens. Um, uh, how I saw the Raiders and really what the Raiders I see is there's not much spunk on offense. Now I do believe that this Broncos defense is actually still a really good defense. Um, you know, they still have a really good secondary, um, their linebackers. I don't, I think are above average. I don't, I wouldn't go any further than that. Um, and I do believe their defensive line has, uh, taken a step back since last year. Obviously they had Bradley Chubb, they traded him to the dolphins and, you know, obviously they don't have him anymore. So, um, you know, I, I really just, um, didn't see, um, much from this Broncos team. Uh, I think that is the biggest takeaway for me is I thought I would see a bigger change in the Broncos and, and to a certain degree, you, you could kind of see, um, Sean Payton's hand in, in certain things. But I think what a lot of people are forgetting is we're forgetting about the, um, the off season is not enough time for everyone to get on on the same page. And this is what I had said in last week's episode about preseason. We're now seeing that preseason is somewhat important 
And of course, we're happy that the preseason is shorter. The NFL season is longer. We want to see, you know, meaningful, more meaningful football than non-meaningful. But at the same time, we do, you're starting to understand, or you're starting to see how important preseason really truly is. And you kind of get the kinks out. And like, for example, the Eagles played last night against the Vikings. I didn't think the Eagles were that fantastic. I think in the second half, they, they played a lot better. Um, but like first half uh, for both teams wasn't very good. And I really do think that it, it takes a little bit for these teams. And that's why I had said on this podcast last week that, you're probably not really going to get a good grip on what teams are going to be throughout the whole season until about week five, because these teams have not gotten enough reps or these players, even though they're professionals and they're on the same team or they've been in the league for a while, it still takes some time to getting used to. It takes time to um, get used to getting hit. And this is where I feel like college football um, really struggles and why everyone loves college football, especially in the first, like, you know, five weeks or so, um, because anything can happen because these teams don't get preseasons. College teams don't get preseason. They just get thrown into the season, and there you go. You got to start playing. And so there are a lot of upsets that happen because. Teams don't, re- you really don't know who you are until you've played a few games. Um, that's why we've seen the Grambling State, you know, beat, or Appalachian State beat the Michigan teams before. Um, you know, we've seen, uh, heck, I mean, we've seen uh, as uh, Fresno State, um, uh, we've seen them, you know, beat some some big dogs before. So, it, you know, there, there's the famous one that I know Fresno State remembers uh, very, very fondly is when we played Oregon State, where I believe they were like the number five team. Some people say they were the number one team at some point. Um, and we beat them in Fresno and it was a big deal. I mean, it was such a big deal. Fans ran onto the field, knocked down the goalpost. And ever since then, um, you know, uh, we're not allowed on the field anymore, uh, rightfully so. But anyway, um, so yeah, you, you just, this is what happens when you play these early games. Uh, anything and everything can happen. And unfortunately, without being kind of prepared, you kind of have to play in the games to kind of end up being prepared. And that's an issue. And I think that's what we're seeing. And I think that's what happened with the Broncos. I think Russell Wilson, he had, they were as a lot of just short passes. I mean, they were not taking deep shots at all. Um, I, I don't remember too many receivers catching the football. I felt like it was more the tight end, the running back type thing, which is fine. Um, and they were able to drive pretty well. But um, something that Cody did say to me uh, during the game, and I know he said this in the episode as well, is the Raiders, one thing we can say is they got better at tackling. Open field tackles were huge in this game. Um, There was a lot of times where a guy would catch it and it was one-on-one. And as a defender, you have to win that. Otherwise, uh, you know, this guy is going to continue to run. And um, what I saw with the Raiders is they made those tackles. They they stopped the Broncos in their tracks. And I think the Broncos were really, really, and I felt like the offense was really reliant on um, on uh, on those types of plays. So, you know, the offense winning those one-on-ones. And uh, we really benefited from. Uh, from winning those instead. And and I think that really slowed what the Broncos were doing, which is great. That was fantastic. It was great to see. Um, You know, another thing that I did see is Jimmy Garoppolo. He did kind of struggle. I know Cody was on here and he was saying that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is very capable. He was, you know, he was doing the right things. And and for the most part, I agree with him. I think he did a a really good job. Uh, I think a better job than I think what a lot of us thought, especially me for sure. Um, But there were a lot, a lot of underthrows. And that was concerning to me. Um, And I kind of put it in the perspective of especially the game last night with the Vikings and Eagles where Kirk Cousins underthrew Justin Jefferson 
it was in the first quarter, he underthrew him twice, like two throws in a row, and it really stopped any momentum that Minnesota was actually starting to get. But because he underthrew him, uh, JJ had to end up, you know, making a diving catch or kind of slowing down his speed to catch the football. And then by that time, the defender has time to catch up. So there are, sorry, my dogs are going off. Um, but there are things, um, that can uh, derail uh, a drive. And it, it sounds silly, but something as little as uh, an underthrow can do that because from what I saw, if Justin Jefferson would have gotten that ball in stride, he would have taken off. And I felt like there were a lot of times where he tried to take, um, you know, he tried to go like a more of a, like a medium uh, pass. He needed some touch on it and he just put way too much touch on it and like completely underthrew it. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm a little still indifferent about Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I wasn't impressed with him. Now the third down run that we're all as Raider nation, we're all screaming about. That was great. That was fantastic. And it, listen, I know everyone wants to be like, well, it's great to have a quarterback who, who uh, runs on third down and, you know, it, you know, gets the ball out of his hands quickly. Listen, of course it is. Yes, it's great. Uh, did, did there were times where Derek Carr, you know, held on to the ball too long? Of course, but you're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo did a lot of that too. And there were times where Jimmy Garoppolo that I saw, uh, especially in the red zone, the first red zone that we had, um, he tried to force two straight passes where there was no pressure on him. He rolled out, tried to make something happen, and he just kind of tried to force things. And it was like, just live to see another play, man. Don't throw this ball where the defender can intercept it. And then he ended up, uh, he did end up throwing an interception. It was a tip pass, but still, it was an interception, and, and it wasn't on the receiver. It was on him. So there are issues that I can see that we need to get better at. Uh, they said the pass protection was, uh, I believe I saw a stat where the pass protection for Jimmy Garoppolo in that game was is, was the best out of the whole week, which is fantastic. I don't see that happening or continuing um, because, like I said, I, I, I don't think... Um, you know, the Broncos defensive line is is that impressive. I think they've taken a step back. So um, I, I do think we benefited from that. But it was also good to see that the offensive line is really doing a great job right now. Um, what I was a little discouraged of is the run blocking by the offensive line. I thought that was um, not fantastic. I felt like there were a lot of times where uh, Josh Jacobs just got stuck in the mud because he had nowhere to go. And, um, I mean, the line just completely broke, you know, broke right away as the ball is snapped. So, um, of course there's always going to be mistakes, but you know, overall it was good. It was nice to see. Um, listen, I, I'm not impressed with what the Broncos were running. So I think it's a hard judge. Uh, it's hard to judge how the Raiders really played. Um, it was a great win though. Nonetheless, it, it was encouraging and hopefully we can see uh, a win in uh, week two for sure. And let's get into that actually. So the Buffalo bills lost a, a pretty, a pretty interesting game on Monday night, and, and I, I got to be perfectly honest. The one thing that the Raiders have going for them is a little bit of momentum, getting that first win off their back. Okay, we don't have to worry about that anymore. That's great. The second thing that we don't have to worry about is we are on a regular week, whereas the Bills are on a short week. Now, it's just one day. Everyone you know, that's overreacting to think, oh, well, it's on a short week. Well, it technically is. Sometimes you need that extra day to um, really recover your body, uh, especially from a first game. It's it's not it's not fantastic to be the team with a with a short week. Um, and so you're going to see some mistakes continue for the Bills. And I think what the Raiders hopefully can do is if we get turnovers uh, where it looked like Josh Allen was handing out turnovers last week. If we can continue to have him do that, uh, the Raiders could really thrive. This could be a really good game for the Raiders. Um, having said that, it is in Buffalo. Um, so the Raiders going from Denver to um, to Buffalo is going to be a, a hard one. They're going to the East Coast, um, and it's a, what, a 10 o'clock game. So it's the early game. So we'll, we'll see what happens. 
Um, but luckily it's not going to be super cold in Buffalo or from what I've seen. Um, and, um, so that'll be encouraging. We're not going to really have to deal with weather. Maybe possibly, um, you might have to deal with like rain, but, um, other than that, I, I think it'll be, um, it, it'll be pretty favorable for the Raiders. I don't think they're in that big of a, of a disadvantage here in Buffalo. Um, but what I will say is the one thing that does scare me is Buffalo did kind of have a bad game this past week. And usually when teams have a really bad game or like a really bad loss, they come back on fire the next week. And that's what I'm a little worried about. But um, as I'm going to get to here in just a little bit, uh, the line is a pretty big line. And so, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I see this big of a win for for the Bills, um, but I do have I do think the Bills will win this game. So that's uh, that's all I'll say about that. So uh, before we get into those sports betting lines, let's talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. Listen, I know, I know, Cody already talking about Aaron Rodgers, but I did want to bring this up. Um, I think the Jets are pretty much done doing anything, barring a Zach Wilson injury. The reason I say that is not only did they pay a lot of money for Aaron Rodgers, and he took a pay cut so they could sign other guys, which they did. So the issue is, <laughs> excuse me, sorry, is if the Jets try and if the Jets try and trade for someone else, another quarterback, let's say it works out. Okay, well then what do they do? What do they do with Aaron Rodgers? Because for all intents and purposes, let's not argue about this. Aaron Rodgers is coming back. There's no way he is going to start his Jets career, get hurt on the first game, and just be like, you know what, I'm done. I, I, I don't see that happening. Maybe he will. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has surprised us before, but I do think it's a little, it's a little crazy to think that Aaron Rodgers is not coming back next year. I'm, I full, I 100% believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back next year, and he's going to be the Jets quarterback. So. You can't really trade for a quarterback, um, you know, at least someone of uh, sustenance. Like, you, you can't get a guy who, who can really do a bang-up job. I kind of feel like the Jets are really their only play here, and I think their best play is to roll with Zach Wilson. Because not only is, listen, I know Jets fans are going to be like, well, listen, we want to win. We're ready to win now. This is what we were ready for. And I, I, I understand that. But at the same time, you guys have already admitted Zach Wilson was kind of a whiff. He was kind of a whiff on the, I was the second overall pick in that draft. So what we need to do is we're going to give him some experience. There's going to be guys, there's going to be teams who see something in Zach Wilson. They're going to say, listen, we're going to want to sign him or we're going to want to trade for him. We can build him up. I mean, on the top of my head, I think like, Let's say Jordan Love has a pretty okay year, um, or he looks like he did against the Bears this past week, and maybe that's him the whole time. You put Zach Wilson behind him, you you know that Jordan Love is a is a capable quarterback. He's a guy who um, he's a guy who uh, is going to be the starter. So then you bring in Zach Wilson, a guy where you can kind of develop him. Hey, maybe then you can use him as a trade piece. Or if something happens to Jordan love, you can bring him in and into green Bay. I think that's an option. I don't see green Bay actually doing that, but I'm just saying as an example, um, there are teams who are going to look at Zach Wilson throughout the whole year. And they're going to be like, there's something that you can build on. I believe I can do this. Um, and so I say you roll with Zach Wilson. The only thing I do see happening and I'm a little afraid of is that offensive line is really bad. I even said it on this podcast when we were talking about our um, our records uh, on every single team. And let's be honest, my re my record prediction for the Jets is not going to be anywhere close now. Um, but I do really think that this offensive line is really bad. And obviously we saw it in the first four minutes of the game. Um, and now you're probably going to see it with Zach Wilson because he's going to hold the ball a little too long. And the other issue that you're going to have is there's a possibility that Zach Wilson is not a big dude. Um, he's not super scrawny, but he's not 
you know, quarterback size, in my opinion, yet. I think he still has a little um, a little more to add to his body, and I think that's a recipe for injury. And if that happens, the Jets are going to... And he's had injuries in the past already with the Jets, so uh, the Jets are going to have to be somewhat cautious of, okay, we're going to bring in a third quarterback. Who are we going to bring in? I mean, Mike White would have been the one that they should have re-signed. Um, but they wanted to obviously keep uh, Zach Wilson, which makes sense. Listen, the Jets don't want to just like run away with their and just be like, hey, listen, we blew this pick, even though I think it would have been the best idea. But I understand their thought process of like, we don't want to just like destroy this kid's confidence and, you know, him never believe he's going to be um, playing in the NFL again. So I, I understand why they kept him. I understand why they didn't sign Mike White, but hindsight is always 2020 and probably Mike white would have been the better option just because he's uh, he, he had a little bit more success than Zach Wilson did. So we'll see what happens with that, but really sad to see Aaron Rodgers go down. That was really, I, I texted Cody, um, a bunch of my other friends, um, that, um, I immediately, I sent, he tore his Achilles. He's done. He's out for the year. There is no way he's coming back. And, um, I mean, I didn't want to, I wasn't, you know, thinking, Oh, I, I want to be right. It's just from what I saw, the way he was limping, it reminded me like almost to a T of when Kobe Bryant did it. And then he walked up to the free free throw line and took his two free throws and made them. Um, the way he was walking when he got up really reminded me of, of the Kobe Bryant injury. And I was like, that's his Achilles. He's done. And, uh, you know, sure enough, I, unfortunately I was right. And, uh, you know, listen, not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, um, in the perspective of as a franchise quarterback, as a guy who plays football, who plays the quarterback position, I love watching him cause he's just amazingly smart and, and great, but, um, you know, he's caused a lot of chaos and, um, you know, I don't want to say he had this coming. I'm not going to say that. Um, but it does kind of feel like kind of one of those, uh, um, how you would say almost like a karma thing almost. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to speak ill of him because it does suck that the guy got hurt and no one really thought that was going to happen in the first five minutes of the game. Um, Hey, I didn't, I had him in uh, one of my fantasy leagues as, as the starting quarterback. And, uh, I ended up being wrong on that one. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's just one of those freak accident things. And hopefully he gets better because uh, football is better with him playing. So I'll say that. All right. Well, oh, well, let's talk about the the picks that I have. So, um, like I said, I'm doing this via uh, ESPN. Uh, they have their betting odds, the spread. Um, now, this spread was made at i believe after monday no these spreads might have been on like right after sunday like they pop them out pretty quickly so um we'll we'll give the first one the first one i actually had um so if you don't know where to get these from you can go to espn on the fantasy app um they have uh fantasy games is what it's called you click on that. There's pick skin, pick them. Uh, and you can um, pick from the confidence. You can pick straight up who wins and loses, or you can pick through the spread, which I like to do the spread. It's kind of fun. It's interesting for me. So uh, last week I actually went seven and nine, so I didn't have a winning record, but um, you know, I, uh, I, I did, uh, I did okay for not knowing what's going to happen in week one. Um, so yeah, a lot of uh, so something about me when I when I look at the spreads is I don't like big numbers, and usually a big number to me is like six or higher. Um, if a team is favored by six or higher, I usually try to go the other way, and um, that's kind of what I did with the Vikings and Eagles. So the the Eagles were favored uh, by seven and a half, so I actually picked the Vikings to um, cover, but I I would had 
I had the Eagles winning outright. So I just had the Vikings to cover, and they did. They ended up losing by six points, so they covered there. And that's because that number was too big. And honestly, I wasn't impressed with the Eagles last week. I, to be perfectly honest, wasn't that impressed with them this week. I think they ran into a pretty underachieving Vikings team, and we saw that against Tampa Bay last week. So, um, you know, I, I don't think the Eagles have been necessarily tested that much this year so far. Uh, yes, their games have been close. I understand that. I understand the Patriots game was close and now this Vikings game was close, but you know, I do worry about that offensive line a little bit. They were breaking down on the little run game quite often, or at least the, the design runs for, uh, Jalen hurts. They were just breaking down so quickly. Um, and, um, you know, I wasn't impressed with Jalen Hurts' throws all that much. Uh, there was one to A.J. Brown that obviously got called back for holding, but that was a really good throw. Um, and then the Devontae Smith, I know a lot of people want to, hey, that was a great throw, it was great pat, catch and all that, but he kind of underthrew him. Um, and uh, Devontae Smith, you know, made a great move to to uh, march into the end zone. So I, I don't know, maybe I'm a little too picky, but I'm not completely sold on Jalen Hurts. Listen, he's a great he's a great player, but this is it's kind of rem- starting to remind me. And I'm going off on a tangent, and I'm very sorry, but it kind of reminds me of the second year that he had at Alabama. So the first year he was he was doing really well. Um, he was making the throws when he needed to, didn't really have to do too much. Um, the second year is when he had Tua behind him and he really struggled. And it kind of is starting to remind me of that right now. First year with the Eagles as a starting quarterback, he was doing really well. He was, he was MVP level. It was incredible. And this year so far to start now, again, I'm not going to judge him yet until after week five, but I, I also do think that there is some um, eerily similar things that are happening with Jalen Hurts here in the second year. Um, he actually doesn't look as confident as he did last year, which is crazy to me. Um, that could be because of a new offensive coordinator. It could be some new players around them. But I would keep an eye on that. And I don't think the offensive line for the Eagles is as good as it was last year, as everyone wants to say it was. So we'll we'll see what happens. But anyway, I did have the Vikings cover, <laughs> and, and I did so. All right, so the second game here that we have at the uh, 10 a.m. Um, time frame is uh, the Green Bay Packers and the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Packers are favored at one and a half, but this is in Atlanta. Um, so a lot of everyone is going with the Packers, and I actually tend to agree. I actually have them winning outright. Um so obviously over uh, one and a half points. Listen, I wasn't impressed with the Falcons. I thought they really went away from Bijan Robinson after he scored the touchdown, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, Algier is is a great running back. Uh, I well, I'll say he's a good running back. Um, but I do think that Bijan Robinson is better now. I think they're trying to save him. You know, to kind of go through the year, they have two good running backs that they can use. So that's their uh, that's the benefit that they have, but the defense, I was not impressed with the Falcons defense. It's really the, the Panthers. I don't think their offense is that great. And it was their first game with their new coach. So it's kind of hard to judge how the Panthers are really going to be, um, until we fully see, uh, a few weeks into this offense. So, um, I don't know. I just wasn't impressed with the Falcons, and I really don't like Desmond Ritter. I, I'm I'm sorry. I know we haven't seen much of him, and I haven't watched him fully play um, week to week. But from what I have seen so far, and even coming out of college, I wasn't really a fan of him. I didn't think he was going to be that all that great. I, I he shouldn't be the starting quarterback. Like. I know Marcus Mariota didn't do great, but I kind of feel like maybe the Falcons are kind of wishing they may have, they would have kept Marcus Mariota. And, um, you know, I understand what they did was they, they wanted to see how Desmond Ritter was going to look. Um, and Marcus Mariota didn't like that. He was going to get benched. Listen, if you're Mariota, you kind of have to understand the game. You have to understand the business of it. You can't be, you can't get butt hurt by, you know, 
sitting on the bench. Listen, your play was not good. You were not helping this team. You were actually kind of hindering it at some points. So you can't blame the team for wanting to bench you and seeing the rookie quarterback, see how he was going to look. But now you kind of start looking and be like, I think Mariota would have started this year. I think he would have been the starter, but um, he didn't stay. He went to a team where he, now he's a backup again. And um, I feel like if you're Marcus Mariota, you probably would you rather start or would you rather uh, be on the bench? I mean, I guess now he'd rather be on the bench, but uh, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like if you're in a professional sport, most of the time you're wanting to be the starter. You want to play. Um, and I think this would have been his best chance. But anyway, the Packers, I think, are very underrated. A lot. I, I have heard that uh, they're starting to become more late money into the Atlanta Falcons, thinking that they're going to win. I, I, I tend to not agree with that. Um Listen, I know the Packers benefited from running into a Bears team that didn't look very good. Um, but also, I think Jordan Love, although this is the first time we're actually seeing him like be the quarterback, um, he's also been in this um, in this offense for quite a few years now, for his whole uh, professional career so far. And um, so he has the knowledge of this offense. He just has to go out there and perform. And that's what he was building to get to. And now we're seeing, I think he's very capable. I understand he's missing um, some of his weapons this week. Um, and so he's going to be pretty limited. But I do think that um, that this Packers team is talented enough. Like they do a really good job specifically with um, these receivers that maybe aren't like these highly touted receivers, but you know, can, uh, can have some value. They do a great job with them and, and they end up working out. So I, I still believe that not only is this Packers offensive line uh, really good, Jordan love looked really good. I think they have uh, enough running backs to um, to really help out Jordan Love, and I think the receivers are going to be fine. Um, and Luke Musgrave, you know, listen, he's going to finally really probably see a, a good um, amount of uh, catches and or targets his way. So uh, it'll be interesting uh, to see there. So uh, I I tend to pick the Packers outright. Okay, so let's talk about the Raiders and Bills. This is a 10 a.m. game as well on Sunday. Um, so the Bills are home. They are favored at 8.5. Now, this is wild to me. This is a big number. The Bills didn't look that great. They turned the ball over a lot. Now, I understand they went against a really good defense in the New York Jets, but I also think that the Raiders, they really showed, at least against um, the Broncos, excuse me, that the the Bronco or the the Raiders are a team that will slowly gouge you. Um, you know, I think Josh McDaniels is notoriously known for death by a thousand cuts, as Trent Dilfer likes to say a lot. Um, he likes to go with the short routes. He likes to go with and Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what he does. He likes to go with the short routes. Um, and they have these now. I know Jacoby Myers is sitting, but um, Michael Mayer, the 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 new the rookie tight end, I think he's going to be a little bit more involved now. Um, uh, Austin Hooper, uh, the starting tight end for the Raiders, I think is going to be uh, looked at a little bit more. Devontae Adams, he was looked at quite a bit, and uh, I think Josh Jacobs is going to be a little bit more involved. So you're going to see a lot more, and I think Hunter Renfro is actually going to get a target this week. So I, I, I do think that the Raiders have a team where uh, they can hold the ball a little bit and uh, keep the bills on their toes. So I don't think the bills are going to have a chance to go up by, you know, two or three scores. Um, so I don't like that number. So I would say the bills are going to win this game, but I will say I'm going to pick the Raiders to cover. All right. So the next game, the 10 a.m. game on Sunday is the Ravens and Bengals and Bengals at Cincinnati. Uh, the Bengals are the favorite team in, at three and a half. Now, from what I saw with the Bengals, I don't know. Now, the Bengals and Ravens really do a good job of when they play each other um, that, um, you know, it's always a competitive game. So I don't think we're going to see a Bengals team get completely shut out. Plus, the Ravens are missing a lot still on defense. 
But I do think because this is a rivalry game, I think the Bengals are going to win this game, but I do actually think the Ravens will cover. Now, the Ravens are dealing with a lot of injuries, not just defensively, but offensively as well. And I think that's going to really uh, pay a toll on this Ravens team. And this is like what the Ravens go through every single year, it seems like. They start off, they're healthy, Mark Andrews gets hurt, or J.K. Dobbins, it seems like, every year is out for the year um, after, like, three weeks. Um, you know, and the defense is actually starting to get a little bit older, and unfortunately, um, you're seeing that now. The the, the defense for, um, uh, for the Ravens is really struggling right now with all their injuries. So I think the Bengals are going to win this game, but I do think the Ravens will cover nonetheless because it is a rivalry game. All right, so the number five game is another 10 a.m. game. This is the Seattle Seahawks uh, at Detroit Lions. The Lions are favored at six and a half. Now, like I said in the beginning, I actually don't like those big numbers. Um, I do think the Lions could potentially win by like 10 if they wanted to. Um, but I I don't like to pick those just because... Um, Listen, the Seahawks kind of died against the Rams, and I don't think they're going to come back looking like that in in week two here. Uh, whether it's in Detroit or not, again, I have the Lions winning, but I actually have the Seahawks covering the six and a half. I think Geno Smith is going to have a better game. Um, that that Lions defense is getting better. Um, I think that secondary looked a lot better, but uh, the benefit of having Geno Smith is he can run. Um, and I do think that the Seahawks have some really good running backs, and I, I think their offensive line really did a poor job in the in the um, game against the Rams, so I think they're going to come out a little bit better this week. I think the Lions are running on a way too big of a high, but they did have a nice long week. Um, so I think you're going to see the Lions kind of uh, stuttering a little bit coming out of, of the, um, um, I think you're going to see the coming out of the, um, excuse me, out of the gate. Sorry. I completely lost my train of thought there. Um, you're going to see them stuttering a little bit, but overall, I think you're going to see the Lions end up winning this game and the Seahawks will cover. Okay, so the next game that we have is um, the Los Angeles Chargers at Tennessee Titans. Now, the Chargers are favored at three and a half here. What I saw with the Titans against the Saints is that Titans team is always going to have, just like a New England Patriot, they're always going to have a really good defense. And this year is no exception. Now, Tannehill didn't look great. If they get into a... a um, I guess a, a, a shootout against the Chargers, I don't see the Titans being able to keep up with that. But what I did see is that Chargers team, their, their, their run defense is not good still. And the Titans, who do they have as the running back? I think we all know it's Derrick Henry. So Derrick Henry is um, a guy who's going to be very good, um, I think, in this game. I think he's going to have over 100 rushing yards in this game. Um, I think the Titans are going to be in this game. I do, however, think the Chargers are going to win this game. But because it is to, in Tennessee, it's a hard um, it's a hard stadium to win at. Um, and so I do believe the Titans will cover that 3.5. So I have the Chargers winning, but the Titans covering. All right, so the next game, 10 a.m. game, is the Bears and Buccaneers. And this is wild to say, but I'm actually kind of looking forward to watching this game a little bit. I really want to see how Justin Fields will respond, and I want to see how Baker Mayfield will respond. Baker Mayfield had a big upset over the Minnesota Vikings, and the Bears really look terrible against the Packers and are continuing to be owned by Green Bay, which no one in Chicago wants to hear. So... It'll be interesting. This game is in Tampa Bay, so uh, the the Buccaneers are favored at three and a half. I actually tend to think because the Bears look so bad, they're going to come back and they're going to be great. And I think you're going to see a regression from Baker Mayfield in this game. I have actually the Bears winning, not only covering, but I have them winning outright. So I, I have the Bears uh, winning this game 
over the Buccaneers. The money is going to the Buccaneers right now. Um, but uh, I, I tend to think that the Bears, first of all, their defense is not going to play as bad as they did. And secondly, I don't think Justin Fields is going to be playing as bad as he did. I think DJ Moore is going to get a little, uh, he has to get more looks. Um, and uh, I, I think you're going to see a better offensive output by the, uh, by the Chicago Bears. Okay, so a um, few more uh, 10 a.m. games here. We have first we have the Kansas City Chiefs at Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I actually in in the beginning when we were picking, you know, who we the records for all the teams, I actually had the Jaguars winning this game. And to simply to simply put it, it's in Jacksonville. I think this Jaguars team is really underrated and. I don't think the Chiefs have a good enough defense to stop the Jaguars. Now, I think the Chiefs have some really good defenders on their team. Um, I think they have one really good cornerback. I think they have, obviously, Chris Jones, and their, uh, and their defensive line actually looked pretty decent against the Lions. So I thought they did a really good job. I don't see that continuing. I think that defensive line is going to take another step back. They don't really have the greatest of linebackers, in my opinion. And then that secondary, other than uh, Snead, I, I don't really like any of their, uh, of their DBs. So... I actually think the Jaguars will actually win this game. Zay Jones has been a really good fit for Jacksonville, former Raider. Calvin Ridley absolutely went off last week. Now, I think the Chiefs are going to put a focus on Ridley a little bit, but the run game for the Jaguars is actually pretty decent with this Tank Bigsby and and, uh, Travis Etienne. So um, I think you're going to see a really good game. So I actually have the Jaguars not only covering, but I have them winning outright. So uh, my pick for this week is the Jaguars. Uh, the other 10 a.m. game is the Indianapolis Colts at Houston Texans. So we have two rookie quarterbacks going against each other, Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud. Texans look bad. They looked bad um, last week. Again, it's against the Ravens. So, you know, and they were actually in the game, but I felt like that was more the Ravens trying to figure some things out. And obviously with the injuries that they had. So, um, and the Colts actually look really good. Anthony Richardson looked really good, but it's in Houston. I think because the Texans came off a, a, a pretty bad game, in my opinion, I really do think that, um, that, and the Colts are the favorite ones. They're favored by one and a half. Um, I actually think not only are the Texans going to cover that one and a half, but I do think they're going to outright win. So that's three games in a row where I have the Bears, Jaguars, and Texans outright winning over the spread because I think I just think Jaguars and Texans specifically are at home, and I just don't think you're going to see um, much pushback from the other team. I think the Colts really played their hearts out, um, but I think you're going to kind of see a step back uh, somewhat uh, this week from the Colts. So I'm going to pick the Texans out right here. All right, so now we're in the 1 o'clock window. We have the San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. This one is crazy because the Niners are the favored ones at 7.5. Vegas, did we not watch the Rams completely dismantle a pretty good Seattle Seahawks team? Now, I understand the Niners picked apart the Steelers, but you know I had the Steelers only going 8-9. and nine. I didn't think they were going to be that great. Everyone's darling was the Steelers this year. I didn't think so at all, and I think that's what we saw. I think the Niners are a fantastic team, of course. I have them winning the NFC West. It's not like I'm delusional, but I think in L.A., I understand all the tickets. Oh, well, San Francisco, they're going to be the ones, and they're always the one. They always dominate the Rams in the regular season. I understand that, but I think Matthew Stafford has had a resurgence and is saying, I can do it even without Cooper Cup. And I think that defense actually was sneaky good, and I think they have some dudes on that defense. I don't think it's going to be as easy of a game, and I think Sean McVay understands, listen, I can't beat Kyle Shanahan. I need to win against him at least once, and I think he really wants to prove that. So I actually am going to pick the Rams, um, not to outright win. I do still think that, as I said all that, I do think the Niners are going to win, but I do... um, I can see a scenario where the Rams do actually come out on top, but um, I will go the safe route here, and I'm just going to pick the Rams to cover that seven and a half. Okay, so the next game, uh, one o'clock game, is the New York Giants versus at 
Arizona Cardinals. This game, I really think, is going to be an absolute blowout. I think the New York Giants are going to be um, on a mission to destroy the Cardinals. They do not want to have another game uh, where the the, uh, the other team is uh, completely dominating them. So I actually am going to go with the Giants here completely outright. They're the favorite at three and a half. I think that's really low. Um, I didn't see much from the Cardinals other than Joshua Dobbs did a pretty nice job for really not knowing that offense. So, um, you know, but I, I just think the Giants are back for vengeance. They do not want to be embarrassed another time uh, like they were this this past week. So I, I have the Giants winning probably in a blowout, to be perfectly honest. And I'm going to give you guys a heads up right now. My son just woke up from his nap, so you might hear him talk. So sorry in advance. The next game is the 125 game where we have the New York Jets and the Dallas Cowboys. Everyone is on the Cowboys. They're really high on the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are the favorite at eight and a half. That is a big number, and I actually don't like that. I actually am going to have the Jets covering at eight and a half. I think the Cowboys will win, but I do think that the Jets will cover. And why do I say that? Because that Jets defense is actually really good. That Cowboys offense didn't look that great. Yes, the Cowboys defense is is really good as well. Probably better than the Buffalo Bills uh, that the Jets face. But I do think that the Jets can find ways to move the ball even a little bit. And that run game for the Jets actually looked really good. Brees Hall was fantastic. And I think Dalvin Cook had a few good runs. So I'm actually kind of encouraged by the Jets. Um not like I think they're going to do just fine without Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, I think they're going to take a huge step back. But I actually don't think they're like this god awful team. And I think they're actually going to put um, they're going to put the Cowboys into a little bit of a hissy. Um, like I said, I think the the Cowboys will win, but I do think the Jets will cover. So another 125 game. We have the Washington Commanders at Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos are favored at three and a half. I'm actually, I was a little discouraged by how vanilla the offense was for the Broncos and the commanders not only are, are a pretty decent defensive team. I actually, they're getting chase young back this week, I believe. Um, so I think this commander's team is going to put Russell Wilson, um, in the ground quite a bit. I think they're going to get to him just like the Raiders defense did. And I actually think the commander's uh, defensive line pass rushers are better than what the Raiders have. So um, obviously minus Max Crosby. I think Max Crosby is, is the better one, but they have guys on both sides and in the middle uh, and in the interior. And even some of their linebackers can really do a good job. So I actually think the commanders are going to make this a very interesting game. I do, however, have the Broncos winning this game because it is in Denver. But I do think the Commanders will cover that three and a half. All right. So the next game is the Sunday night game between the Dolphins and the Patriots. So uh, it's at New England. The Dolphins are the two and a half favorite. I like the Dolphins in this scenario. I I actually would have, before we started the season, I actually had the Patriots winning this game. But after watching that Dolphins offense, that offense is ridiculous. And yes, I know it's a Bill Belichick defense. The Patriots always have a really good defense. I understand it. But that Dolphins defense is going to do really good against Mac Jones. And I think that's going to be the difference there, is the Dolphins defense versus the Patriot offense. And I think the Dolphins defense is better. So I think the Dolphins are going to not only outright win, but I think they're uh, they're going to have at least a three point win over the Patriots. So I have the dolphins winning at two and a half. All right. So we have two Monday night games, uh, this week, which the first Monday night game is the new Orleans saints and the Carolina Panthers, uh, in Carolina. I, so the saints are the favorite at three and a half. I actually have the saints winning this. A lot of people like their money on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, according to ESPN, most of the picks are going to the Saints, but a lot of the smart money, as they call it, or the Sharks are going with the Panthers. I don't like it. I know it's in Carolina. Um, I know Carolina and Atlanta was a close game, and in the end, obviously, Atlanta outlasted them. 
I didn't like the Panthers' defense. I thought their big defense was way better. Um, but I felt like it was more the Falcons making a lot of a lot of mistakes versus the Panthers making them get into those mistakes. And listen, they win against Desmond Ritter, who, for all intents and purposes, in my mind, is still a rookie quarterback. So he's still trying to figure things out. So I didn't think he was that great. Whereas you go with the Saints, you have Garrett Carr, who is a veteran quarterback. And he's starting to get a really good connection, not only with Michael Thomas, but with Chris Olave. He had a really good connection with Jawan Johnson and, of course, uh, Shahid, who um, had that had that uh, game-winning uh, catch uh, on the sideline there that we all notoriously have seen on social media where he said, you know, just freaking run. Um, I think the Saints are going to win. I know it's in Carolina, like I said, but I really do like the Saints in this in this scenario. Um, I would take uh, the Saints to win outright and, uh, you know, beat the three and a half there. And the very final game we have. Sorry, I got in my announcer mode. Uh, the last Monday night game <laughs> is the uh, Cleveland Browns at Pittsburgh Steelers. All intents and purposes, the Browns had a really good good week last week. The Steelers had a really bad week last week. Yeah, it was really bad. So that's why I think Pittsburgh Steelers are going to not only cover, but and the Browns are the one and a half favorite. Uh, I think they're going to Steelers are going to cover and win outright in this game. I think the Steelers are actually going to do a great job against the Browns. Um. I think they know that they have to get the ball out really, really, really quickly against the Browns, specifically after watching the Browns against the Bengals. So I think they're going to do a good job um, of, you know, just getting that going. They're really going to have to get Najee Harris going, though, for the Steelers. They really need to get that done. And Kenny Pickett is going to have to have these two three-step drop back and ball's got to be out or you got to be start running. Um, that's got to be the mentality of this week. And I think, uh, I think Kenny Pickett can actually do um, somewhat really decently. And I think that Steelers defense got really embarrassed by 49ers um, pretty much dominating them. So I think they're going to really shut down Deshaun Watson. And for that matter, it wasn't even that hard. The Bengals actually really shut down uh, the Browns quite a bit um, in that game. So uh, I think the Steelers are going to outright win. And um, and uh, I have the Steelers with a one and a half uh, cover and win. So there you go. So I'll go down one more time. Um, we don't need to go to the Vikings because that game is already. I have the Packers uh, winning as the favorite. I have the Raiders covering. I have the Ravens uh, covering. I have the Seahawks covering. I have the Titans covering. I have the Bears outright winning. The Jaguars outright winning. I have the Texans outright winning. I have the Rams covering. I have the Giants uh, as the favorite at three and a half winning. Um, I have the Jets covering. I have the Commanders covering. The Dolphins uh, winning as the favorite at two and a half. The Saints as the favorite at three and a half, and then the Steelers outright winning. So that is those are my picks. So I know I'm already going over just a little bit, but I'm going to talk about the the um, the chaos that is the ALNL wild card in uh, postseason race for baseball. This is absolutely crazy. Um, what's going on? A lot of the talk is the is the NL wild card, you know, at least on my Twitter feed, uh, because I am a Giants fan, so we're in the thick of things. But listen, you have the the Philadelphia Phillies as the number one wild card team at four games over um, third place here. The Chicago Cubs are the number two wild card team, uh, just behind or just ahead of the Giants at two and a half. Now the Giants. Diamondbacks and Reds are all tied for the third, but the Giants do have the edge on this one because they have one fewer loss than the Diamondbacks and Reds. Now that the Diamondbacks and Reds also have one more win than the Giants, but they go off based on the um, 
uh, on the uh, losses there. So the Giants, Diamondbacks, and Reds are in a real push. And in a very close fourth place is the Miami Marlins at a half game behind those three teams that I had just mentioned. This is wild. I don't think the Diamondbacks are going to be able to get in. I think they have some decent pitching, but they have very inconsistent pitching. And I think their hitters have really taken uh, a step back. The Reds, I feel like caught fire at a good time and are reaping the benefits of that, but I really don't like their pitching at all. Now the Giants is an interesting one. I I, I think the Giants have the experience of of being able to get in, but they have too many young guys uh, playing on this team, and I think that's going to be their overall downfall. I actually kind of think the Marlins have the best case of getting in. Um, Jorge Soler, right now he's hurt, but he's going to come back soon. Uh, Jazz Chisholm, he's a guy who's hurt right now, but he'll he'll be probably playing in the next couple of days. Um, and their pitching staff is probably the I would probably pick their pitching staff over any of this other pitching staff, maybe minus Arizona. I do think Arizona will probably be the closer team to Miami, but I think Miami will actually overcome and be the third team. The reason is I just think they have consistent hitters with Luisa Rice. Um, they have Yuli Gurriel. They have Jorge Soler, as I said, Jazz Chisholm, and then also Jesus Lazardo, uh, Sandy Alcantara, who hasn't had the best of years this year. Um, like he did last year, but he's still a solid veteran pitcher who understands what to do. So I really like this Marlins team. I, I kind of think they're going to be the team to get in, but it's going to be crazy to watch. I mean, if one of these teams have a bad stretch, um, it's going to be insane. One thing that I did see the, the, the last 10 game uh, record that they have, it's insane. The Philadelphia Phillies last 10 games are four and six. The Cubs last 10 games are five and five. The Giants five and five. The Diamondbacks five and five. The Reds five and five. The Marlins five and five. It's insane. I mean, it's like no one wants to really grab a hold of the wild card. So it's going to be a really interesting race. And let's talk about the AL wild card now. The AL wild card is almost just as crazy because Tampa Bay, first of all, is right in the thick of things with Baltimore to lead the East. But whichever one of those teams gets the East, they're going to get the number one AL wildcard spot. They are the Right now, it's the Rays who are, are the number one wildcard spot, and they are nine games ahead of third place. So they're, they're pretty much golden unless they completely start losing it. Um, then you have it at number two, the Texas Rangers who are a game over the Seattle Mariners, but I don't know, man, the, the Rangers are still a really good team, but they could actually overcome the, the Astros. I think the Astros are too good of a team to, um, to not be in the postseason. So I do think they're going to figure it out and, and get in, but the really tight race is the Mariners and the blue Jays. The blue Jays lost to the Rangers yesterday. And so now the Blue Jays are behind Seattle Mariners by a game and a half, and Seattle has that third spot. So this will be interesting. If I were to look at the rosters and and pick who I think is going to be the number three team, I would probably pick Toronto um, over Seattle. I think Toronto has the better pitching staff. I think Toronto has the better hitters. But the thing that Toronto is kind of running into right now is they have a lot, a lot of streaky hitters, namely a, a former giant, Brandon belt. He is a guy who is very streaky. Um, and usually towards the second half of, of the year, he kind of starts slowing down because of injuries. Um, Vladimir Guerrero, he has not been Vladimir Guerrero uh, of last year. Bo Bichette, he's really, um, a streaky player right now. Kevin Biggio, he doesn't really play the, all that much. Um, right now, Toronto's really thriving with their Schneider kid. Um, but I think he's going to start taking a step back, especially if they get into postseason. I think he's going to really be overwhelmed there. So I think Toronto's really running into their streaky hitters, where the Mariners, on the other hand, although I don't think they have the better offensive team i do think they have more consistent offensive players than toronto you kind of know what you're getting in ty france so you don't over you don't expect him to be you know this you know 30 home run hitter whereas vladimir guerrero jr you expect him to probably get about 30 home runs obviously due to injury he's not going to get that this year possibly he could but i don't think he will 
Um, and so I, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I think the Rangers are getting in. I think the Astros are obviously going to get in, whether it's uh, the AL West winners or uh, wild card. Same with the Texas Rangers. But the Seattle Mariners, even though they're still in the thick of it with the AL, wild, uh, AL West, I do think they're going to end up being a wild card team, uh, possibly. But if I were to just pick based on um, the year that they've had, and if I were going to trust one of the uh, trust the players that they have on the team, I would probably trust Toronto. I think Seattle is just going to miss out. Um, I kind of hope that they don't. I kind of hope the Mariners get in over the Blue Jays because um, the Blue Jays took two of uh former giants so i kind of would like to see them you know think that they had a chance of of getting into the postseason with the toronto blue jays and they actually not get in so just as a as a salty uh, uh fan so there you go man they the wild card is absolutely crazy for major league baseball and um you know, we're, we're going to see. We're going to see what happens. Uh, go Giants. I'm going to root on. I love the torture baseball because at least we're in the thick of things, which uh, a lot of play, a lot of teams, a lot of fans did not think we were going to be in. I was one of them. I, I thought maybe we still had a good chance of being um, in it in August, but then we would kind of fall through in September. I'm kind of hoping I'm way wrong, even though September did not start off very good for us. So we'll see what happens. But this race for wild card in both leagues is absolutely nuts. I'm really looking forward to seeing who gets in. And I'm really looking forward to the last few weeks of uh, Major League Baseball to see who gets in. So. All right, guys. Well, that is it for me. I really do appreciate uh, you guys listening. I know I went way longer than Cody, but we all knew I I talk more than Cody anyway. Um, So um, please subscribe uh, to all of our uh, all the podcasts, whichever you listen to, whether it be, um, you know, iHeart, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe, rate and review as well. Uh, If it's a five star, let us know what you liked about it. Um, Yes, you can sir sorry my son um you know if it's a five star let us know what you liked about it so that way we can continue to do what we do and if it's a uh, a one star please let us know what you didn't like so that way we can uh, we can fix that and get better as a podcast so um you know i'm, I'm doing the spiel a little bit differently because i actually started with some of it in the beginning so i'm like going <laughs> crazy here uh, you know what? I do want to shout out uh, Singer West uh, Hornets. As you guys know, I, I uh, announced the football, basketball, and baseball games for the Hornets. So uh, Cody has dubbed me the voice of the Hornets. Um, and actually, some of the uh, some of the people uh, working at Singer West, they also do uh, call me that. But uh, they are playing uh, Hoover High School tonight. So that'll be a really fun game. It's in. It's at Hoover. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's funny because um, the last place I worked at, which was um, an eyeglass repair shop, uh, we we are like catty corner from Hooper High School. And, uh, you know, now we're the new place that I work, which is Sanger West. Uh, they're going to be over at Hoover High School. So it's like my two worlds are combining. So I'm going to be paying close attention to that game. I'm really hoping the Hornets can pull out a win. Uh, they had some really good things going against uh, a, a really superior team last, uh, ex- excuse me, two weeks ago, uh, where they played uh, Justin Garza High School. Uh, they got a pretty good quarterback and some really good receivers. Um, and we were in the game throughout um, until about mid third quarter. We started kind of trailing off. So hopefully we can put a full game together here this week and and beat the Patriots. So go Hornets. I'm pulling for you guys, and I will be trying to follow as closely as I possibly can. So I will be rooting you guys on. All right, guys. Well, that is it. I am done. Thank you so much again for listening. I do appreciate it. And hopefully next week it'll be uh, Cody and I together doing an episode. Hopefully we can talk about more Raider stuff and uh, whatever else is going on in sports. So until next week, thank you guys so much, and we will see you then.